Hello, and welcome to the Brick and Mortar Detroit podcast, where we discuss business, real estate, lifestyle, and travel. I'm your host, Eric Andrews, founder and owner of Brick and Mortar Detroit Real Estate Brokerage. I started this podcast for boots on the ground insights from not just one, but as many industry professionals that I could find. Today's guest is Stephanie Bell. Hey, Steph. Hey. Welcome. Thank you for coming on to the Brick and Mortar Detroit podcast. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you, Eric. I appreciate you having me on the show today. So I am from Detroit. I'm Stephanie, as he mentioned, um, born and bred. And so I have um, pretty much, I spent pretty much my whole life in Detroit, to be honest, for exception of a few years. I went to Golightly um, K through A, graduated from Cass Tech, and then I did um, my undergrad at Wayne State University. And so I've had a lot of journeys during that that time, I've worked a number of business development and sales positions. Um, over the course of time, I actually moved out of state at one point, and um, I moved to Florida. I lived there for about a year, and that was a really nice experience. It, you know, really showed me other cultures. It was different from just going to the Miami. You know, I really got to adventure around the state and see different things. Real estate was one of the things that like really blew me away, and the amount of real estate in. Um, in in the florida area different areas it's beautiful down there um but detroit brought me back home um because my mom got sick and so i came back a little bit with her um until she passed and then i decided to leave um i wanted some new beginnings i wanted my daughter to you know i wanted her to see herself all over the place. So I wanted her to see herself in mansions i wanted her to see herself in in suburbs you know Mm -hmm. um and I love Detroit. I grew up there, but I, I loved the diversity that I saw in Georgia, especially in the neighborhoods and the, in the communities. Um, hmm. You know, it wasn't just black people in the city. It was black people in, you know, in, in the nice houses, in the mansions. And so I moved out here. Um, and part of that actually was to pursue real estate. Um, when I had ventured into Atlanta, I discovered that the real estate market um, had some, some advantages, you know, that I saw. And so um, I moved here and got my license and we're out here surviving, learning <laughs> how to thrive. Okay. We're going from survival to thriving. Okay. <laughs> Man, tell me about it. It is, it is. It's like you, what do you, you eat what you kill that, that to me, that's like one of my favorite phrases when it comes to real estate, because it really right. is like survival. And, and in this market, you know, a lot of people are having a hard time keeping that consistency of sales, especially if you're on the buy side. So yes, we are surviving right now for sure. Right. So are you a broker or an agent? I am an agent still. So this is actually the beginning of my second year. I've been in real estate one full year. And so now we're moving into year number two. Good, good. Congrats. Congrats. You stayed. Yes. Okay. Besides the, you know, I was very disappointed that my years of HGTV did not, you know, power through and make me a super agent my first year, but I was able to get over the disappointment. Oh, trust me. Trust me. There will be more HGTV in your life. And most of your buyers will think that they will look at one house and get that house and renovate it it in a day. No, that part wasn't fake. (laughs) The buyers are not fake on there. No, not at all. Not at all. So like, what do you, what do you specialize in? Um, So actually I just have narrowed in on investment. Um, properties as well as commercial real estate. I am learning about that. So I actually am working on some continuing education courses in commercial Mm. um, to give me the the education I need to really get into that area. Um, And that's mainly just because I actually in business and in other things, I work with business owners often. So um, I also promote like wellness. And so I'm often talking to business owners and it's really a natural um, natural thing to form relationships with those people. Um, and what it, what happens is that sometimes they say, Hey, I want to expand or, Hey, can you help me do this? And so I found that commercial is somewhere that I feel I can grow in. So I am focusing on that. Um, actually I'm going to be making a change here soon. Um, that will push me, you know, further down that path and working with individuals that are specifically focused on commercial. What I would say my desired specialties are investment properties and commercial properties. 
Um, and I have had some opportunity to work on the residential side, buying and selling. Um, while those sides, you know, look great and we see all this for the sold signs and the smiles on Instagram, um, what I've discovered, and this is because I'm a strategist, I, I think about things. I've discovered that that side often requires a lot of time a lot of work, a lot of energy. You are investing a lot of your resources for a possible return. Um, and sometimes, you know, you are sacrificing a lot of your personal life, trying to grind from the bottom. Um, so when you're coming in new, you know, you're almost always kind of stuck with maybe smaller deals or the client that this person doesn't want. Um, so what I actually loved about investment in commercial real estate is while you may have deals that are smaller dollar, dollar wise, um, those deals have closed quickly. I actually have an invest uh, broker who's an investor and her husband are investors. So I was able to gain some experience locating and, um, you know, being able to distinguish properties that are in maybe condition that doesn't need a lot of work, but are in a good, good area, um, good school district and could be rehabbed and potentially provide some value for the investors. So um, I've actually been doing a lot of work researching, learning the city, learning those up and coming areas so that I can focus in on working with investors. I've been connecting with them on LinkedIn. One of the other unique things I offer to investors is that I do house staging. So, you know, there are investors that like to fix and flip. There are investors that like to um, buy something and rent it out and have that residual income. And then there's investors that own multiple properties. So um, the invest the advantage that I have with staging is that I, we, especially with investors that own multiple properties, um, we buy furniture that is secondhand, gently used, accessories, pieces, discount things. And so we're an investor that owns multiple properties or is going to like fix and flip numerous properties or even that investor that plans on doing Airbnb. Um, I offer low cost staging options that provide maximum return. So what that means is I just learn how to shop smart. So I, I buy gently used or either discount furniture, discount items, the investor owns those items. And so you're paying a lower cost outright. And then with the fixing and flipping, you can move those, those items because usually they have a similar style, right? Mm -hmm. So we buy neutral things, we move them from property to property and you cut out a lot of like the rental furniture fees when you stage, you know, and it helps you to, you already have pieces that you own. So it cuts down costs. Same thing for your, like your Airbnb, it can be expensive to initially stage that property to get it ready mm. for renting. And so a lot of people don't explore. They'll go get cheap and order things on Wayfair or, you know, like things is going to break down when you could have got a quality furniture piece for two, three hundred dollars a sofa, mm -hmm. a bed, and set that house up and made it beautiful. But then those pieces are lasting. So you're not replacing them after they wear out because they were, you know, cheap to start with. So exactly. that's something I'm working on marketing, um, but it is something I offer to investors as an advantage um, of working with me as their agent. Hmm. No, staging, in my opinion, is in fact the number one thing that you need to do to sell a house. I mean, you can sell a house without staging, but if you want to sell a house fast, if you want to get good pictures next to like rehabbing or remodeling it, staging is the next thing you have to do. People need to be able to see themselves in the home, get an idea of how it could be cued and, you know, where things can go. Because a lot of people actually can't do the design process in their head. And no, so you stage it for them. And I can give you a really good example of that. So an investor I worked with, they had a home that had been on the market and it actually was renovated. Mm. But obviously when you renovate a home, there's an opportunity for imperfections. And when the home mm. is empty, the imperfections are Stand like out. monumental. So that home has sat on the market for 30 days. And I had, you know, eventually she called me and she's like, okay, what can we do? So literally we took a, like a $1,600 budget we furnished the entire first floor and they got an offer over asking and it had Easy. been sitting. So it was just the fact that a, a homeowner needs to be able to imagine how they could move that or, Ooh, I don't like that little spot. Could I cover it? If they can see how it's done, they can visualize it. And it's almost actually in Atlanta. It's a requirement at a certain price. Point. Mm, absolutely. So 400 and up you need to stage. Yeah. And I say that's pretty much anywhere. If it's at a certain price point, you have to stage. It's, it's mm -hmm. just almost just something that people expect at that price point. Mm -hmm. um, it's what other right. agents expect. You know, you have to bring entice people and nobody wants the house to sit at $400,000, $500,000 after they've done a renovation. So that's right. definitely right. right. And so as far as staging goes, where do you kind of focus you know, what's your process when you're staging a home? Do you like go in and get a whole like vision in your mind or do you just kind of 
Mm-hmm. So tell me about it. So I actually do. Um, I have a really, I have a partner that I work with and he's really, he's actually my family member, but we have, um, he has an eye. So I can see like um, colors and I'm very creative with, oh, what can we do with this space? Mm-hmm. But he has an eye for detail. So he, he has a good view of aesthetic and, you know, how things should flow and, you know, and then even things as the small down to, um, what type of house is this? So for example, if the house has a more modern feel, we may go with more modern pieces. If it gives you more of a farmhouse feel or it's in more of a um, rural neighborhood, we can know what kind of, you know, kind of homeowners are coming out there. We're not going to put contemporary furniture in that home. Mm. So, you know, so really what we do is we go in and um, we get a view of the house, the neighborhood. We look at the price point. We look at what type of um, homeowner is going to be looking in this area, you know, what are they going to expect? And then we also, um, we will do comparison. So we'll pull up properties that have been recently staged um, that are in that same price point, potentially that are in that same area. Sometimes they, you know, they cheap out and they go virtual staging, but at least provides us with some ideas. Sure. And really, you just, you don't have to recreate the root wheel. You get ideas, you see the layout and you, you know, and then we go buy furniture. My process is a little crazy because I use Facebook Marketplace a lot mm. to um, bring in furniture. And of course we sanitize everything. We use carpet, carpet. Um, I mean, not carpet, fabric sanitizers and we wash things, but um, I use the Goodwill. I go to places people don't want to go. So it allows me to offer an advantage because staging is expensive. And it can get really expensive really fast. So mm-hmm. doing it like that, it allows the, the 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 investor or whoever the property owner is to not come out of pocket as much, but get that highest return because that homeowner can see themselves there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so that's mm-hmm. it's, no, that's really it. We just see it and believe it, you know, <laughs> like they tell us in high school. Yes, yes, exactly. And actually, let's let's be a little bit more specific. So where in Georgia are you um, for um, anybody that's listening? So I'm Metro Atlanta. Okay. Um, so I, I personally live in Decatur, I'm in a neighborhood in Decatur, and then I'm pretty central. If you don't know much about Atlanta, um, everything like, you know, people like to say everything's 30 minutes away. It's really an exaggeration. It's about your location. <laughs> <laughs> it's about your location. So I'm very central. I'm right off of like 285. And so I can get to almost all of the surrounding cities within like 30 to 20, like 20 to 30 minutes. Gotcha. Everything is probably 30 minutes. Yeah, all that traffic, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I am I'm central. So I, I service clients in Metro Atlanta, you know, anything in those surrounding areas. Mm-hmm. And interestingly enough, um, um, me and my guy, we do um, cleaning, removal. So sometimes we'll go into a property, like especially an investment property, and they'll need it. So we're like a one-stop shop. So he'll mm. go in, he'll clean the property out, mm. you know, do any like that. He does like some basic things. I'll go in, I'll, you know, they'll do the renovations. I'll go in and stage it. And then he does like a final cleaning um, before it goes to be shown. So we work together to do that. That's awesome. And, That's beautiful. Yeah, you need so a partner. Promoting that too. Um, but yeah, we're working on some things. So yeah, so it's good. I love real estate is, you know, I had, to, I'm going to be honest, I had to get out of a certain mentality and see the possibilities in real estate, um, you know, because you can get discouraged. So like you, you said, I made it, um, but it was <laughs> looking at the possibilities and mm. I want to invest myself. So mm. real estate is like one of the ways to get there, I would say somewhat quickly mm. Um, mm. if you work it right. Yeah. And same here, same here. And you're exactly right. I think the most important thing that any agent has to do is find their niche. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are you, you a buyer's agent, a listing agent, a stage, I, you know, like you have to figure out what it is that you offer, what you're good at and stay there. You don't have to stay there, but like really be strong in that area because that's right. where people are start to come to you. Like, Oh, call Stephanie. Look, she did this for me on a budget, you know, of X amount of dollars. Meanwhile, they're getting quotes from other people and it's like three times that or something. Cause right, right. furniture is expensive, right? It's very expensive. <laughs> you know, down here. I mean, let me just be real. It's a rich area. There's a lot of people that do have a lot of money Sure. and um, they throw away things. Like mm-hmm. they'll throw away $4,000 couches down here. And it's like, I'm gonna pick that up, you know, <laughs> you know, so, cause they'll call the junk people, they'll haul it off and yeah. You know they do, and they or they throw away like luxury um, accessory pieces, mm, like I'm you know, gonna, storage. Yeah. Just toss them in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you can. It's a really nice place for you to be able to take advantage of that. And so, just like you said, I'm focusing in on like now the marketing. Now that I've said, okay, this is what I want to do. 
you know, this is what I want to focus in on. Now it's just about marketing that and, you know, making, turning that into dollars, right? Mm-hmm. That steal into money, you know? Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. That's it, that's it, that's it. That's it, that's yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> and so like, what's the main thing that you find that needs focus and fixing when you go into a, a client's house to stage it? Do you, is there anything that stands out to you when I say Um, Yeah, imperfections. Like mm-hmm. I'm a perfectionist, so they actually don't even know how good of a thing they're getting when they hire me because I don't, I'm not that, oh, okay, it's kind of done and I'm gone, you know, no. I pride myself on really <laughs> doing a good job. Um, and my, my partner that we, I work with sometimes, he's worse. Mm-hmm. So, you know, anything that we would feel uncomfortable as a homeowner, if my, if the paint, if the floor is uneven in one spot or, you know, cause there are things that can happen, especially in new construction, depending sure. on the things you're using. Sure. If there's like a, um, like, for example, I've seen houses where an outlet is like placed wrong. Right. And so it'll be an eyesore. Like if that space is left open, I've had, um, investors that wanted to leave the like you wanted to you know you want to sell this house at this price but you want to leave no you don't want to put a refrigerator in there that's not going to work so what i basically what i use or what i look at is you know i try to look at how would i feel if i were purchasing this house if i were walking in um and so i work to try to work around so for example that one house i staged had like a really awkward corner and Mm. it was a like it was it was just like what do I do there Mm. and I could see possibilities but I could see how a homeowner wouldn't be able to see so we were able to take that space which was just like a random space near a fridge and turn it into a bench seating area by a window Mm. but then you now you can see oh I could put a desk there or oh so it's really just um staging the only purpose of it is for the homeowner to now be able to open up their imagination Exactly. Right. See themselves in that space. Mm, very true. Very true. And I think that, you know, it's very true because when I was um, doing property management specifically, I used to kind of find that our clients, it was any little thing, any person that was looking for a lease, it always stands out to them. And they don't, especially if they're going to spend twelve, fifteen hundred dollars for something, they notice every little thing. When it's an old house that you've rehabbed and you made a new kitchen, but when you put old next to new, it immediately stands out. Like you said, mm-hmm. if there's an imperfection and everything else is perfect, your eye is drawn to that imperfection, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And, and there so, will be. There yeah. will be. Like, you know, yes. the light might be off center a little bit. So yeah. we may readjust our table the mm-hmm. way the table sits underneath it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not to trick or to manipulate, but it's to help you understand that life's not perfect. So you work around it, right? You know, Absolutely. like you're not going to get the perfection, but if right. you love this and you love this space, this is how you make it work. That's, yeah. that's all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's, a, that's something you have to do for your buyers sometimes. I've had many buyers who just have no imagination, right? Or they're so caught up with this, that, and the other. And sometimes you do need to propose different ways of approaching something so that they mm-hmm. can like you said, use their imagination because they just never thought of it. Um, And I was actually taught early on that whenever someone has an objection, that's an invitation to close. Although they may not say it, they're looking for you to overcome this objection that they've kind of placed there or whatever. So if you're just like, okay, and they're just like, okay, well, then you guys just kind of right, moving on, right? Right. Right. But like, what about this? Or what if you did this? What You know, like that, especially as an agent, if you stage two, that's going to be really good for you. Yeah. And, that, and you learn that in sales, what you just said. Objections oh, yeah. <laughs> are an invitation. So if, you know, you'd rather have an objection than somebody just saying, okay, no, right. and no flat answer, you know, and there's no ability to continue the conversation. Yes. You know, now at least we can continue the conversation, right? And that's nice. Exactly. So, absolutely. Exactly. And so what would you recommend for people who maybe can't afford the home staging? What advice would you give to them? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what I would say, is get an honest third party, like a friend or, you know, and I, when I say honest, like get an honest third party, <laughs> you know, and right. I would, and it could be your, and it really, to be honest, that's probably your real estate agent. Mm. Um, but you are welcome to get more opinions, but your real estate agent is really the person who should be, you know, giving you advice and feedback about how to get your home sold within your budget. And they should be realistic with you. Like if you, if there, if, it, if the property does have um, some issues or you know some conditions that would normally cause people to look away or be a little hesitant, your realtor should be discussing with you that 
you know, potentially, I know you said, you know, you may need to invest in this. So, you know, sometimes it's not a matter of before because what I've realized about people, and it took me a long time to realize this, even as a salesperson, is that people can always afford what they want. Um, mm. They can always find mm. the money. They can always find, if you- if I you will agree with that, yes. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> you may not have paid your rent for three months, but then when you get evicted, somehow $5,000 disappear. There Where'd it you, is, right. It is when you, so, when, when, and so sometimes as realtors too, we have to be transparent with our clients. Like, you know, not being honest with a client about the things that can hinder the sale process is really a, a disservice. Um, so if you've got a home that's really going to struggle to sell, then, okay, these are some things you could do yourself. You know, we're going to maybe put some paint here, um, you know, fix that gutter, you know, here's some home improvement thing, clean me up, tidy up. Um, but if it's still sitting here, then we may have to consider staging and staging doesn't have to be a whole project. It could be, you run to the, the thrift store or the TJ Maxx or something and get just a few little accessories mm -hmm. and, you know, liven up that space. Mm -hmm. It could be changing the cover out on your, your mattress, on your, um, your bed. You know, in fact, my house, we did like a spring cleaning yesterday mm -hmm. and I'm the stager, but I have a niece that lives with me and she, made like two simple changes she literally turned my couch in one direction and i have an open four floor plan so before i had the couch maybe cutting it off like the old school I'm old yeah, school. yeah and she turned she's 22 so she turned it around and i'm like wow like that opened up the whole space then she took her room and she did one simple adjustment to her bed and it when you open the door it invites you in so it's all about like making Whoa. those small changes Yes. Um, and they don't have to cost a lot sometimes. If, mm. if you need staging, your realtor should be honest because, you know, sometimes you need to stage, especially at certain price points. Oh. At certain price points, you just have to stage. If you're at that price point, you should have that built into the budget. Absolutely. And then to go back to what you said, it's, um, you know, just helping in, as a realtor, leading your client, guiding them. That's your job, right? So, mm -hmm. for instance, I had a lady, we were looking at a house and she wanted to buy this house. Um just like a piece of vinyl siding that was hanging off by the side door. But it just kind of showed me the disparity between what I knew and what she knew, because this is not what she did for a living. And I don't know, this little strip probably cost $8. But to her, in her mind, it was just like, oh, he needs to bring the price down $20,000. And this is, you know, it's dangerous and all this other stuff, right? And it's just like, all right, well, hold on, hold on, take a breath. This is something we can negotiate. It's something that we can do ourselves. It's it's really just not a big deal at all, right? And so when they have so many other things on their mind and they're already worried and stressed and have anxiety about the process, it takes someone like you to say something like that or to, to even just kind of educate yourself so that you can say, oh, well, that, that shouldn't be a big deal or have a contract that you can call to bring with you and take a look at it, you know, and just kind of keep your person on the track because that's not a reason not to make an offer on the house because right, of a piece of vital right, siding. Right. But, you know, if you don't know anything and you think it's costly or I'm thinking it's costly too, and we're both going, ah, let's, let's just forget it. But really it was a great value of a home. So, you know, it's just really about someone kind of, like you said, leading you and when, whether the house needs to be staged, maybe you should fix this, this, that, and the other. And I think oftentimes as a seller, you're probably, unless you have a pristine house, meaning that you've been maintaining it the whole time that you've lived in this house, which generally is not the case, you're probably going to have to spend some money to sell your house. So I encounter it a lot in Detroit where people, um, they just want to sell it. Oh, I just want to get rid of it. Oh, I want to, right. And so we do comparisons and everything like that. And they kind of want like that median number. And it's like, but no, <laughs> you need a roof. You need windows. You need everything. You're down here or whatever. And it's sometimes <laughs> they expect the magic or whatever of a realtor. And I'm like, bro, everybody's going to come and just prey on you at this point. So you have to kind of probably be prepared to fix things or make it look good or price it accordingly, whatever it may mm -hmm. be. And so staging can help with things like that. If you have like a weird house or an ugly house, or it's just don't have no life to it, doesn't get a lot of natural yeah. light, whatever, then maybe you can somehow go with that and make it appealing one way or another. So yeah. Yeah. It's can yeah. be expensive. it can be expensive when you're using companies, but everybody got a friend who know how to decorate their room. That's you true. know what I'm saying? It was know true. how to go to Burlington. So make use of your of your circle. You know, really, we mm -hmm. should all be pouring into each other anyway. Mm -hmm. And something you said really stood out. Like your buyer saw a hanging a hanging um, gutter, but had that seller's agent said, "Hey, let's take this gutter off 
and that's a quick fix, $8, like you said. And so there's responsibility on both yes. sides. And <clears throat> that's one of the things about real estate that was when I, you know, came in new, it was very stressful for me to understand how many agents mm. or, you know, how, how unprepared sometimes buyers and sellers are, oh, absolutely. Um, you know, because really what you're, what I always say is, and people don't like transparency, but transparency is really best. It saves you on the back end. If you tell a seller, and I learned this, you know, years ago in sales and everything, if you tell somebody on the front end, what you anticipate based on whatever factors are involved, then on the back end, when it happens, um, you already cover. And if it doesn't go that way, you still cover it. You know, right. like, <laughs> that whole betting on the hope, you know, hope and prayer, no way. No. Like I'm going to tell my buyer or my seller, Hey, let's make these small changes mm -hmm. because if you don't, the buyer's going to walk in and they're going to try to lowball you because exactly. you didn't want to make a $12 fix. So you exactly. want 20,000 or $12, you know, so exactly. it's being realistic and having tough conversations is so important in real estate. I see it lacking a lot. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of, a lot of it looks like smiles and soul signs. And we're not talking about the back end work, the long nights, the, difficult clients like these are real conversations that's why i appreciate your platform too because you're oh, speaking good. honestly good, and, you good. Know, we need Thank that you. as realtors you know we need Thank a place you. to be honest we love our clients we yes love yes we do <laughs> yeah and I, I agree transparency is everything and it's like i have a very extensive uh history in sales and you know i've tried many different approaches but i find the best approach to be transparency and that's just who i am as a person I'm, yeah. everybody knows me I'm, I'm gonna be honest about it if don't ask me if you don't want to hear hear the truth i've gotten better with sugar coating <laughs> don't ask eric don't ask eric andrews because you're gonna hear exactly what he thinks you know but i'll try to be nice about it but that being said it really is a disservice to you and that person because you have to spend time, right? Especially in real estate. If you thought that you were going to slide something past a buyer or they weren't going to know or you didn't tell them or whatever it may be, it only will hurt you later, especially if it's during the title process or underwriting or something Somebody that you wasn't going to pass inspection, inspection. Right. And so it's just like, look, let's draw our attention to it now. Let's figure out an approach or what we can expect or how we circumvent this problem because I want to get to the closing table and so do you. Right. Nobody exactly. wants to spend 30 days, 14 days working on something. And then we have to go back to the drawing board, especially in this market. You you can snag the house finally. <laughs> right. Get right. The house, right. You know, so um, yeah, no, I totally agree. So since we're here, what is the market like in Georgia or, or where you're working in the metro Atlanta area? Tell me, tell me about it. Well, it, it's interesting. Um, you know, I will say that the market has for sure calmed down from what the okay. crazy, you know, craziness we saw last year. It is starting to Good. stabilize back out where um, I would still say it's somewhat of a seller's advantage right mm -hmm. now just because of the financial situation of the world mm -hmm. you know uh like the banks everything you know yeah. they are lending yeah. but it's still tight yes. so you know really the um the house prices are still pretty i would say pretty high they're still pretty elevated they're not you know they're not inflated you know there's a difference between elevated and inflated mm -hmm. i still mm -hmm. think right now the market is um, decent enough to where if you're purchasing, you're not necessarily like having to come out this extra cash like people were doing last year. Just, mm -hmm. just I mean, and that was like, how are you directing your client into upside down? This is insane to me. You know, nothing is mm -hmm. worth that. You know, no, but it's not. It's not. It's just not. So <laughs> it has to me like I've, I've been seeing comps that are comparable to maybe like some uh, sales last year, like a little closer, you know, we're not inflated where you have to worry about a house being listed at 299, but it's selling for 347 when it's worth 315. And, you know, it's like, we're not worse. We're, we're getting more to an even place. Yes. And I think that has to do with a lot of things. I mean, obviously we had no inventory. Mm. Um, we had a lot of moratoriums on foreclosures and, you mm. know, I mean, unfortunately it is what it is. The courts and things are opening back up you know, properties are becoming available. People are moving and transitioning. Um, so the market is great. You know what I do see a lot of people capitalizing in on now, especially in Metro Atlanta, is that there are several areas that are up and coming. 
Um, and so a lot of investors are getting in on these up and coming areas where you can potentially still buy low, but, you know, hold that property for passive income in the future. You know, there's some like multifamily um, opportunities down here. There's some opportunity zones, which are really nice where the the government is giving back and saying, hey, if you buy in this zone, you know, we'll, you'll get these type of deductions and breaks and things like that. Um, so that's one thing I do love about Atlanta is that, and Atlanta is so crazy. Like you can have mansions on one side and then the other side of the street could literally be abandoned. You know, like yeah. I have, when I was a new agent, I would say the craziest thing I realized was that you could literally, in Atlanta, like it has to be in Atlanta, the market is so expensive. It's almost opposite of Detroit. So you know how oh, yeah. Detroit, the house value you can usually you can usually buy cheaper in Detroit and normally the suburbs are higher. That's how it, it was, I know, when I was usually yeah, yeah, yeah. I, sure. It may have evened out a little bit, but <laughs> no, suburbs are generally more expensive. Yes. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's opposite here. Mm -hmm. So in Atlanta, I can be in like a, you know, like a Finkel type mm. neighborhood mm. where, you know, it's like, you know, over there, Grand River burned down. And that mm. rental property will still be two thousand dollars a month. Mm. and it's like burned down house, abandoned house, and it's just because it's maybe two two blocks from Mercedes-Benz. Exactly. So you're central, and you're down, like, buying down here, if you can get a great deal in Atlanta or downtown Atlanta, that's really an investor's dream because mm. there are, you know, there are opportunities to grow your, your equity mm. um, here. Mm. Um, and, and then it's kind of opposite. So the suburbs, you get more house for the money. So a lot of people out here, especially coming from Detroit, I'll hear them say, oh, you can get a better deal in Atlanta. No, 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 no. Real estate is still very expensive and rent is very expensive down here. Um, it's a landlord's market. So if you're a renter, you kind of, you know, everybody's rent went up a couple hundred. You're really kind of, you know, sucking with that right now because, you know, people can't rent. Um, but as far as buying in the suburbs, you're still going to be within, you know, you're going to have a, you're going to get more house for a little less money, but it's still a higher, usually starting price point. You know, you're still usually starting in that mid two 200s or to get something more desirable in a decent neighborhood, good school mm -hmm. district, something like that. Mm -hmm. And dare I ask, you know, you don't have to tell me, you know, because it might be a good secret. Where are these up and coming areas? And again, if you want um, to oh. Yeah, so I'll, you know, I'll give some that, because I'm like an explorer. Everybody knows I'm like Dora the Explorer. So um, there's actually one area right now that is right by Mercedes-Benz. It is the... Um, Oh my God, I got it in my notes too. I've got to tell you what it is. I'm going to tell you the exact name. Peace. Oh, it's the, oh, you know what? And it's off like Sunset. It's right down here by Mercedes Benz. Let me put that. Where is it? Oh, Joseph E. Boone. So right in the, like, right off of Joseph E. Boone area, so this is, like, central downtown. This is, like, a couple feet from, like, your um, your big, large convention centers, Mercedes-Benz, Centennial Park. All of this is, like, in this direct area. And so that area right now, if you looked at it and you drove through it, you would see a very good mix. You would see some um, streets and blocks that have abandoned homes, have some homes that are in, in, in disrepair or disarray or whatever they call them. Um, and then you would see some areas that look like newer construction. Uh, and so right in that area, it's an opportunity zone actually right there. And <clears throat> that is the opportunity to improve that neighborhood. They've just built a brand new, beautiful park over there. And that park is called Rodney Cook Senior Park. That's the, it's actually a historic district. Mm -hmm. So it's the historic Vine City District. Um, but there's a lot of like Cascade, you know, is another historic district, Cascade Heights, um, mm -hmm. that you can find really good properties in that. Now they're going to be pricey, but you're going to, if you're an investor, mm -hmm. you can improve on those properties because, you know, a lot of them are been kept well. You know, a lot of those homeowners may have lived there. They may have, you know, different circumstances. And so that's another area where there's a lot of up and coming. Mm -hmm. um, but Atlanta really is as a whole, there's, a, you know, in pockets, there's always little spaces, um, but they're really coming up. They're building up. They're investing a lot of money in the city. Mm -hmm. um, I, I see like some exciting things happening here. I'm excited mm -hmm. to be a part. Awesome. Now, the areas that you mentioned, is there anything like super special about them and they're the reason that they're up and coming or is it just kind of like the next to the next to blow because they're obviously proximity or something like that. Yeah, I honestly think it's a lot about proximity. I do think that um, 
I mean, I, I could be wrong, you know, you don't quote me, but I do think that the, that the higher ups um, want to improve those areas, obviously for tourist reasons, for, you know, the obviously those areas right now are not making the city any money. So there's an incentive to build there, especially where you've got a lot of abandoned buildings, mm. it's an eyesore. So I think there's a multi-level of things involved in why they're improving those areas. But I would say the main thing is just that Atlanta is booming. Mm. And real estate is really booming in the city. And so, you know, these people are snatching up these opportunities mm. to be a part of that. Awesome. Awesome. I can't wait till I can snatch up one. Man, me too. Me I too. Mean, anybody want to be a client, <laughs> I get closer now. <laughs> but yeah, I'm working, you know, it's 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 gonna happen. I'm excited about being a part of it, you know. Being oh, yeah, it's definitely gonna happen. It's you know, it's gotta happen. And so any thoughts come to mind when I ask what you'd recommend to buyers that are looking to get into that market? Into Atlanta? Mm-hmm. Or your metro Atlanta market. Um, and is, are they from here or like relocation? Well, I would say relocation. Okay. Um, so I would say that the best thing to be is informed. Um, you know, and so when I was moving to Atlanta, I did research about neighborhoods. I did research about school districts. So I think it's important that you narrow down what are your deal breakers, what are the things that are most important to you, and then evaluate the the prices. You know, you know, don't just come down here on a hope and a prayer. And I heard I can give me a house. No, like do research. You know, you can. A lot of times you do need to be pre-approved to specifically talk to an agent or to you know for them to take you out on showings. Yeah. But you can always talk to um, a lender. You can always talk to, you can always have a preliminary conversation with a, a real estate agent or a friend or everybody knows somebody living in Atlanta. So, you know, use your resources and connections to inform you about the city because, you know, like I said, Atlanta is very um, mixed. You know, I don't like to use the other word. There's a lot of mixed neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And so um, what that means is that you could, you had, could have saw a neighborhood on you know, your little app and, oh, that looks beautiful. And then you'll get here and across the street, you know, maybe like, you know, <laughs> so it is very important to do research. I always tell people, like, if you're thinking about relocating, I had some relocation clients once and I remember like they wanted me, they're just like, you know, just can you just virtually show us everything? Sure. But you need to probably fly in at least once. Go through the city. Let's, you know, and that's the type of agent I am. I'm not, I don't yeah. want to just sign you up to something. You're going to remember that I took time with you. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then yeah. I, I made sure you wasn't in the hood. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it's funny. I, I said something like that a while ago. It's like, you're not, it's not going to be Eric Andrews. You're not going to be saying Eric Andrews did this, that, or the other. I'm going to make sure that you are informed. I'm not going to, I don't want people to buy a house that I wouldn't buy unless they really understand what they're doing or right, really understand right. that it's not a house that I would buy, you right. know, or something like that. But yeah, you're right. People will just, like you said, fly down and like, oh, we're here. Like, you know, you're moving here. You, this is all you and that's exactly how most people come. They come yeah. here like, oh, no plan. I mean, I did too, kind of. But I had, you know, I had a, um, I did have a house. I had like, a, I had my neighborhoods picked out. I had like a school picked right. out. I had everything in order that way. Now, whether mm-hmm. I had a job, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I just, I went out on faith. But you all the more reason to listen to you though, because you've done it, right? <laughs> I mean, it was very, it's very suspicious. But we are working it out. You know, Jesus is on <laughs> But uh, well, I'm sorry. But no, that's funny. I, and one quick thing I too would say is that um, when you're thinking about moving to Atlanta, if you see a deal that looks like mm, that looks real good, like that is not, <laughs> then that means you are on point. It's too good. Exactly. Um, because if you like seriously, the rental market down here, the housing market down here is very consistent. And if you see something that is way underpriced or you know way lower than what the median of what you've been looking for, it's for a reason. Neighborhood is either going to reflect it or there's something wrong with the property. I would um, say that's the exact same thing in Detroit. Period. Mm-hmm. Period. When that price looks too good and the house looks great, and you're constantly wondering why there's something wrong. If it's the mm-hmm. neighborhood or the house or both. Yeah. And the thing about Atlanta, people aren't used to the prices down here, especially coming from Detroit. Mm-hmm. You know, you see $1,200 rent. You're thinking, oh, okay, that's deep. No, like down here, if you see $1,200 rent, it may, you know, you may be in the hood. Yeah. So you have to understand the area. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you can get a good deal, but you, you want to look for those. But you need to understand the majority will not be a good deal. It's a reason it's priced that way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest advice is checking out the neighborhoods and seeing where you're looking to live. And what's like a good median rental lease rent amount 
you know, what, what are the range ranges? Um, it depends on what you're trying to get. So if you're trying to get, I'm um, just trying to live normally come down there for a job and like, you know, not be in the hood, but not have right, to worry right, about right. my car safety. So it's different. Um, depending on like the neighborhood you're looking to go to, I would say median for let's say two bedroom. Like let's say you're looking to do a two bedroom apartment in a decent neighborhood, mm-hmm. um, you're going to be usually paying anywhere between. Actually, I've seen this kind of range. I saw an outlier, but I would say in general, it's going to be between like twelve and fifteen hundred for a two bedroom apartment okay. in a decent area. Okay. Now, if you're looking to rent a house. Let's say you have a family of kids, you're looking to come down here with your kids and you want to be in a decent area, you're going to be upwards, you know, like three bedrooms, obviously enough, you're going to be upwards to like 14, 15 and up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, really, essentially, if you are renting in an area with a good school district and that, that area has been zoned as a good school district, your rental rate usually coming in is going to be upwards of 14, gotcha. 14 and up. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's perfect. Perfect. And then, um, one of my last questions before we get to our last question would be, is it the same advice that you would give to people who might be looking to invest in that Metro Atlanta area? You have pretty much the same advice? Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. I'll say the same thing. Perfect, perfect. All right, here we are. So craziest story, craziest Detroit story, craziest real estate story, craziest Atlanta story. Give me a crazy story and most embarrassing. Give me something. What you got? So this story is going to be all three wrapped up in the one. Okay, so I moved to Atlanta um, like uh, two wait, wait, two years ago, okay. January 2020. And um, I just knew I was running away from everything Detroit. I'm like, I'm not going back to Detroit. <laughs> you know, I had just lost my mind and my feelings. I'm just yeah. like, Ugh, I'm running away from my friends. I'm done with everything. Mm. And so six months into Atlanta, my girlfriend comes to visit me, my, my girl, homegirl come to visit me. And she brings her new boo. And they're from Detroit, obviously. So I'm all excited. I'm like, yay, you know. And she didn't tell me that her boo had a twin brother. So I ended up somehow in the long scheme of things, I ended up with the twin brother. But the, the crazy thing is I moved to Atlanta just <laughs> to end up with somebody a man from Detroit. So <laughs> this man keep me in Detroit. And so the way this is tied into real estate is that when he met me, I was 30% through my course, frustrated as crap. Mm. I d- couldn't find a job. Like he kind of met me at the worst time, you know? So I was like mentally defeated and like this Detroit man from the red zone, you know, just East side, totally different from me. I grew up, you know, real structure, totally crazy. It blew me away. But this man was like, Oh, we're not going out to eat you do 5% of your real estate. Uh, Oh, we're not going to do that to you. Do five, whatever it was. Yeah, homework. <laughs> it, it, and he put all the way until I finished the course. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was going to get through it on my sure. slow procrastination time. You didn't deal with me. You know how crazy I get. But um, it was the fact that this man from, I moved to Atlanta to get a man from Detroit that comes from the, which people call the hood, that pushed me to my real estate license and has like assisted me with the stage and has supported me with the, you know, kind of each piece of it as I navigate through. So yes. I think that's my craziest Detroit Atlanta real estate story all wrapped up in the world. Yeah, that, no, it <laughs> definitely is. It's a crazy story. I, I think he, that was meant to be, he was sent to you. Yeah. I think, sure I think my that. mama sent him or something or somebody. Oh, he said, yeah. Don't get it wrong. He's still one of y'all, but he, you know, he do the thing <laughs> that I need to do and keep me motivated and stuff. Right. <laughs> anyway. No one's perfect. Right. We're all working on ourselves here. <laughs> right. Right. No, but it's that's crazy to me because it the main thing that I got out of that is that I did run away from Detroit. Mm. I ran mm. away and somehow this man came back through and and now, you know, I've been back to Detroit probably like 12. I didn't think I was going back. I've been back to Detroit maybe 12 times in the last couple of years. But what it's helped me to do is there's relationships with family that I didn't really have established that I mm. wasn't going to had I been in Atlanta or mm. different support systems. And, and I was looking at things wrong. So that him pushing me to keep going back to Detroit, it gave me a whole different viewpoint of the city. You know, mm-hmm. like we're planning on when we go back and kind of get things together, our first investment property will be bought in Detroit. Awesome. So, awesome. Yeah. Happy. You need a realtor, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, y'all got a friend, you know. I, I'm going to have to figure this out. We're going to be buying multiple sides. So hey, no problem. No problem. <laughs> Speaking into existence. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. It's coming. It's definitely coming. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we got a word from our sponsors. Is worker real estate getting you down? Are you feeling burned out or depressed? 
where there's a solution you can use right from the comfort and the privacy of your own home computer. Center for Establishing Recovery is Metro Detroit's leading provider for e-therapy. If you're in need of a listening ear, contact Center for Establishing Recovery at establishingrecovery.com. If you have a question or topic you're interested in having us discuss or are interested in coming on as a guest, advertising, real estate services, or sponsoring an episode, go to brickandmortardetroit.com slash podcast. Again, that website, brickandmortardetroit.com slash podcast. Stephanie, is there anything you'd like to share or promote before we end? Where can people find you? I have loved this discussion. I've been waiting to kind of talk to someone more about staging. I'm hoping to have you back on actually, and we yeah, can talk absolutely. more in depth about that. But um, yeah, where can people find you and anything you want to promote? Let us know. Yeah, so two things. So they can find me, um, I'm on LinkedIn, Stephanie Bell. Um, and I do, you know, I, I do a lot of connecting on there as well as Instagram at Steph the Glow Getter. And I do am a real estate agent, but I am very much kind of focused on how to maintain these areas of life, right? Lifestyle changes. So um, one of the things I'm about is CBD and using like plant medicine to mm. help with anxiety. Those are the things that kind of push you through like these hard fields. Real estate is not easy. It can cause a lot of anxiety. So I'm all about that. But also I noticed you mentioned at the beginning that you're about travel, business, lifestyle on this podcast. Yeah. And so I actually want to share something I just became um, privy to, um, which is a company I've been working with um, that actually promotes lifestyle and good and good skin, good health products and travel. Um, it's called Secret. So if anybody wants any more information about how they can be out of town and, and having great skin and feeling good, high energy or CBD, mm-hmm. hit me up. Oh, real estate. I'll do that, you know. I'll <laughs> do it all. It's lifestyle, right? We build it well, but it we got to have a different mindset to get to wealth. Absolutely. So I can do real estate, but if my mindset's still effed up, I may not get the wealth that I need, right? Okay. So it all works together. Multiple revenue streams. That's how hey, you get there. Right, right, That's right. That's how you get there. Multiple streams of happiness. <laughs> and I'm just I, saying the word. Multiple um, streams of money <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> exactly. exactly money and motivation multiple streams of motivation let's say that let's do it like that and I'm right there with you for CBD because, you know, for stress and bringing down that anxiety almost immediately, especially the, the pins, for real, CBD definitely helps take that edge off because I suffer from anxiety sometimes or whatever, especially stress, for sure. So, and my daughter, yeah. Life is a real thing. Life is real crazy. Yeah. Avoid, we don't talk avoid, about it in our community either. We no. don't We don't uh, discuss mental health. Today. So I'm, I'm working on stuff like that because I am going to start talking more about it. I have a pod, my cousin does a podcast where she talks about it because we need to open up you know it's a lot of issues that we kind of sweep under the rug and then our mental health pays the price right you either pay exactly. now or pay later so exactly and I'll get you some cbd so you don't have to pay letter later with an attack you know oh, yeah or exactly or like stress builds our ability to get diseases too oh yeah it makes it easier for the disease so you're so right you're so right it lowers our immunity so it you does. know you need a therapist we've got establishingrecovery.com for you as well right. or back exactly. in you can do it right from home so Definitely, definitely, definitely was a great, great episode. So thank you. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Well, that's it for today. You've been listening to Brick and Mortar Detroit podcast, where we discuss business, real estate, lifestyle, and travel. I'm your host, Eric Andrews, founder and owner of Brick and Mortar Detroit Real Estate Brokerage. I started this podcast for boots on the ground insights from not just one, but as many industry professionals that I could find. As always, don't just dream build your dream. Follow us on Instagram at brick and mortar D-E-T. For everything else, brickandmortardetroit.com slash podcast. Brick and Mortar Detroit podcasts and newsletters reflect the opinions of only the authors who are associated guests of podcasts and do not reflect the views of Brick and Mortar Detroit LLC or any of its subsidiaries or affiliates. They are for informational purposes only and are not a recommendation of an investment strategy or to buy or sell any home, security, or asset in any market. They are also not research reports and are not intended to serve as the basis for any investment decision. Any third-party information provided therein does not reflect the views of Brick and Mortar Detroit LLC or any of their subsidiaries or affiliates. All investments involve risk, including the loss of money, principal, and past market performance does not guarantee future results. 
we always recommend you enlist a professional entity for any investment decision you may be considering.